This is a HeadGum Podcast. In 86, Anna Martin wrote the first book of what became a cult. Now it's time for Babysitter's Club Jack. Yeah. I am not feeling well. Awesome. Good energy. Um, I'm not... I'm not ill, but um, before we started, I ate a full plate of nachos with very spicy salsa on it, uh-huh. and my body is f- fighting against it. Do you want to talk about why you chose to do that? I don't have a good reason, to be honest. I just did it, and then like a quarter of the way through, it was sweating and panting, and Jamie was like, are you okay? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, these nachos are just so spicy, and then just ate all of them. Good. And now my entire body is in revolt. Some might say Tanner plus spicy nachos equals, huh? Uh? (laughs) Home improvement sound? (laughs) No, that's the sound from what this book is. Yeah. Uh? yeah. Christy plus Bart equals, Uh? Uh? (laughs) It's the first BSC title that is a, a puzzle. Mm, it's like J.J. Uh, Abrams' mystery box. Yeah. What is it going to be? I'm intrigued. Christy yeah. plus Bart equals... Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so hopefully that's something we're going to delve into today. What it is... is hat that... tip Tim Allen. No, I'm not going to... You can't just steal t- another comedian's jokes, Jack. Is that what Tim Allen He made says? a long career off of... Uh-huh. <laughs> when does he say it? What's the context wherein he says... Uh-huh? I think it's like um, his wife will be nagging him about cleaning out the garage. <laughs> Am I right? And, she, and he'll be like, oh? <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> oh. I, now I don't want to reappropriate the, uh? <laughs> <laughs> I don't actually know where it comes from. I just don't know. I don't know how to say it. Chrissy plus Bart equals, what does, another way of framing, it's, essentially it's like, it's mathematical uh, notation. Right. Another way of framing the title for this book is: What does the variable Christie, in combination with the variable Bart, add up to? That's the question that Anne is asking us this week. Tanner, let's introduce the show first. Now I have. A th- I'm going to quickly Google something. No. No. You can't even say your own name right. I. <laughs> Mathematical notation. Okay, actually, I'm done with this. Beta times acceleration times the radius of a circle times time. Time Time time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Christie plus beta times acceleration times the radius times time. Time, right, is what? Huh. That's the question that is being posed to us by this book. Tanner, while we can see... Is, uh? Is, uh? Before we consider this, and I would like to consider this further, I feel like we owe it to our listeners to tell them a little bit about who we are and what we do. Okay. I would like to begin doing that by saying the following. Hi, hi, and right. welcome to the Babysitter's Club Club. Tanner, club. Club. A Sorry, podcast. I'm about um, mathematical variables. Okay. Good. We're going to get right back into it, man. We just got to get through this, this intro. A podcast... In which I, Jack Shepard, and you, Tanner, and I'm Tanner Greenring, 
talk about the classic novels of the Princess of the Prince of Towns, St. Annabel Matthews Martin, Stormborn, Soul Skinner, Mother of Clocks, and Bane to Bats, first of her name, last of her kind, last hope for humankind. Specifically, this week, we are talking about a mysterious equation. We are talking about an equation, an equation that the Bane to Bats wrote this week, and the equation was Christie plus B-A-R-T is equivalent to what? Christie plus Bart equals, huh? There is a moment in this book where I imagine as Pete was walking through sort of the manuscript. Oh, yeah. This book to... was co-written by the great sweet Peter Lorangus, we should say. Right. So then a sweet, deep, sweet, deep, deep, sweet Pete. Uh, Nibble where deep he was sweet sea of sweet, sweet Pete's sweet, 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 sweet treats this week. Sweet, sweet, sweet Pete. <laughs> he was kind of walking through the manuscript with Anne and he had this part at the beginning where he was like going through who everyone was and he was like okay like there's there's the two new girls Abby and Anna um you know Abby they're both from from Long Island and Abby has long hair and she's into sports and she has asthma and allergies Anna has her hair is different and she's not into sports and she's into music A musician yeah both of them, by the way, are going to become bat mitzvahs next yeah. month. And yeah. Anne was like, uh, uh, sorry? <laughs> Anne was like, huh? Pete's just like, no, 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 calm down, calm no, no, down. No. <laughs> it doesn't mean that. It means something else. Well, this is another thing that Christy, like, trying to think about what this equation means. And just to, to be clear for Baby Nation who, are not, who haven't seen it written, it, the equation is Christy plus Bart equals question mark. Mm-hmm. One thing that Christy plus Bart could equal if you rearrange the letters is risk bat try. Christy plus Bart equals risk bat try. Yeah. So Anne's obviously got bats on the brain. She always uh, does. The bane of bats herself. And we know this uh, from looking deep into her biography that she is she has a fraught relationship with bats, to say the least. You can't be the bane to bats yeah unless bats are a bane to you as well right and what that uncertain dynamic means is that you need to risk a bat try or two every now and then right yeah it's just like let's try it all right let's do it let's do a double bat mitzvah we're gonna yeah. do it next the girls week it's will coming transform up into bats yeah let's do it that's what that is we all know that's what that is and even Peach though bats Terrifying. No, and, and. no, they don't turn into bats. <laughs> it just means they're turning 13. They have to read from the Torah. And it's like, no, we're going to risk it. <laughs> the bats are a bane to no, me, and. but I'm a bane to them as well. If you want to do a double bat mitzvah, I'm here for it. I'm ready for it, even though they terrify me. It's like, no, and, 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 and. Please, and, please. But so that is one thing that Christy plus Bart equals. It also equals try bra kits. Try bra kits. Yeah. Well, I don't know if that's something. Claudia's wearing a bra. Yeah. So she's tried bra kits. She's tried bra kits. Yeah. Do you, do you have more? Um, I was skirt- about to go to, to Anagram Finder, but I realize you've already done all this hard work. Yeah. Skirt by rat. That feels like a Claudia thing as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, this was designed by rats. Yeah. What is that skirt? What is that a skirt? Yeah, it was designed by rats. It just looks like a bunch of garbage. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 it's a skirt. It was designed by rats. And whoever's novel it is that week, if it's like a Jesse POV, like she su- she mandatorily has to end that with, Claudia is so creative. <laughs> and she is, though. Ooh, 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 ooh. Can I lead off the episode with a bet? Okay. I have written down 
a prediction for this episode. Mm-hmm. And I will bet you 10 crisp American dollars okay. that this prediction will come true by the end of the episode. And if it okay. does, you owe me $10. And if it doesn't, I owe you $10. Can I can I guess what the bet is? Get one guess. Yeah. Is the bet yeah. that I am going to bring up at some point during this episode the ontological characteristic of being with others or being unto others as discussed by heidegger and being in time no so we're safe because he would have won that one will you agree to take this bet with me yeah i'm gonna send it to you do you still have instagram on your phone sure probably okay i'm gonna send you an instagram dm okay fine well if whatever this is doesn't come to pass what do i get ten dollars from me okay ten human dollars so love from jack on instagram I'm okay. sending you a picture right now. Don't look at it until after we've finished the episode. Okay. It's the top note on that page. Okay, good. I feel like this creates a lot of fun energy, fun tension. Okay, so good. money on the line here. There's a lot of money on the line. What about if we describe the book? Sure. I was thinking I could begin by describing the book. Mm-hmm. Then we'll throw to you. You'll describe the book. You'll do it in 60 seconds. Um, And then we'll continue our discussion and our textual analysis of this interesting equation slash novel. I know know how the show works, Jack. Don't patronize me. Well, the show works by me patronizing you. So it sounds like you don't know how the show works when you tell me not to do that. Don't talk down to me. (laughs) I was thinking I would begin and then I'll throw to you. How about that? Oh, gosh. This, this hot sauce is just ripping through me. Well, I, I don't understand why you did it. I don't either, man. Tanner, I'm going to describe this novel. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. And I'm going to begin now. Uh. <sighs> I, oh, also, while I describe the novel, can you keep your hot sauce noises to your fucking self? By any chance? I'll do my Is there best. any chance you can just keep <clears throat> it to your fucking self? I'll do my very best. Okay, good. Thank you. I'm going to begin now. Placed under house arrest for the crime of merely daring to love someone she shouldn't, Christy Thomas is cornered and she is confined. But she is also indomitable. Relying on her endless capacity for invention, her breathtaking creativity, and the deep wellspring of love that has been denied her by her captors, but fills her soul nonetheless. Christy finds a way to reach past the walls that are holding her back, the shackles that dare to bind her, and the jailers who are blind to the brightness in her spirit. All so that she can tell the man whose love was the cause of her sorrow the truths that are weighing on her heart so that she can finally be free again. Christy plus Bart equals... Something's going on in the weird alchemical interaction between Christy and Bart that is new. And what that something is, is, to use a colloquial term, they... Keep doing kissing. They keep doing kissing, right? They keep and doing. It's mostly fine. Yeah, but I, it's not yeah. always fine. I think and it's that's mostly, where the uh creeps in. I think it's mostly bad. Yeah, it's I've hard to say few, for sure. Christie's Christie's not not into it. So 
I've got a few little passages to try to tease this out. One that I think is important in terms of because we're doing a semantic analysis of what it what exactly it is that Christy and Bart are. Uh, something that Christy says early on is that Marianne and Logan are deep in love, and that is spelled L-U-V with all caps. But Bart and Bart and I, says Christy, are in advanced like, which is also all caps. So I think that's huh. probably an important difference. In Would you say of, that you and I are in advanced like? I think so, yeah. Yes. Like, we're really close friends, and we... Don't kiss often. Yeah, we're we're prohibited from ever kissing. Well, we do have we have a secret emoji that we share with one another, which is man kiss Jack. Yeah, man kiss Jack. It's the man kiss man emoji, but I've photoshopped my own face onto it so that it, right, and we use it, it as kind of like a. It's like a I'm like, re- I'm ready to record. Or I the, agree. The, I the agree contract with is you. sealed. Contract is sealed. Right, and that's but that's it. And you wouldn't do that in preliminary like with someone you would only do that you don't think so in advanced like yeah i wouldn't send a man kiss jack emoji to uh somebody who i was only in the stage of preliminary or median like with um so yeah i think i think we're in i think you and i are in advanced like marianne and logan are in deep love l-u-v bart and chrissy are in advanced like which explains why she's confused when he does some of his his weird things now just a moment because i'm looking up whether or not luv is also some kind of equation okay yeah it might be so it, i it would suspect be, it is u stands for potential energy v huh. stands for volume and l stands for luminosity so the luminosity times the potential energy times the volume. Right. And what is that? It's certainly... That's a, the equation for, for the relationship between Marianne and Logan. And Logan, right? But in in the right. case of Christy and Bart, you've got the luminosity again, right? But it is times the intensity, times the kinetic energy. Kinetic energy times... times energy. Energy. Is that uh, right? Yes. Can I add another wrinkle to the equation? Uh-huh. If you add up the letters, the numerical values of the letters Christy and the letters Bart, right? So the B in Bart is worth two, the A in Bart is worth one, and so forth. Okay. And you add up all of those numbers, what you get is one. (gasps) Let me guess. It's not 69. Let me guess again. Okay. 420. No. Okay. I give up. It's one hundred. It's one hundred and forty-three, and you know what one four three means. I love you in yes. old mid-nineties text speak. Yes, I being one letter, love being four. Yeah, and you being three letters. Right. So that's interesting. So in some ways, we've got an equation that's like proving itself. Right. <laughs> what does Christie plus Bart equal? Christie plus Bart equals I love you. I've had my head in the numbers and the equations yeah. so deeply in the numbers and equations that like I didn't even consider the fact that this might be about their interpersonal relationship. Right. I think it might be. That's what or that any question kind of mark like is. I think that's what Anne is trying Why to tell Why didn't Christy us? say that? I don't know. Why didn't Christy say that? She keeps dropping these algorithms and these, yeah. these equations on us. Why didn't Anne say that? Why didn't like Pete say that? Luminosity, kinetic energy, potential energy. 
I mean, maybe that's what it adds up to, but it's also like when you simplify it down, what it means is I love you. Huh. That makes a lot of sense because it fits with the the major plot points of this book. Which is an excellent segue because you definitely need to describe what exactly happened in this book. And I shall. After. But first, (laughs) I must go make use of the bathroom. Okay. You say goodbye. I'm going to use it to its fullest. Okay, that's too much information, actually. Now I'm going to say goodbye. Goodbye. Tanner, we owe it to the Baby Nation and to anyone who may be accidentally listening to this podcast to tell them exactly what the fuck happened in this novel. And we owe it to them to do that within exactly 60 seconds. And guess who I have nominated to do that particular task? It's President Barack Obama. No, it was you. Come in here, Mr. President. Guess what? We buried the lead. The president is here. He's Is he there? He's not here. I don't... He's... He's not here in Brooklyn. Is he there in Austin? He's not here in Austin. You have him there? I don't oh. have him here. I thought... So wait, is it... It's you that's going to do it? The recap. The recap. I thought we had President Barack Obama. No, I think it's you. I. It's a miscommunication. Where did I get... I where think did we, I get President Barack Obama from? In announcing it, we got hyped up. Huh. And both of us thought that the other one had President Barack Obama. Baby Nation, I'm really that's sorry. pretty unprofessional. If you've already tweeted this out, can you delete the tweet or apologize for the tweet or make a correction? Probably both. Um, it, it's not pr- President Barack Obama who's going to do the recap of Christie plus Bart equals. Huh? It's uh, Vice President Joe Biden. <laughs> Joe Biden. All right, Tanner, bring him on. Joe, I'm no, no, so. No, I don't. Again, I don't have him. Oh, I don't. I don't have him. He's not in Austin. Well, I just. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> okay, Baby Nation. We don't have. This is hugely disappointing and a real is there anyone, down. Is there anyone we can but do on short notice? I guess I'll just do it. You'll do it? Okay. It's let's like, try to... It feels like it's not even worth doing at this point because it's like we had Obama on. Like we had Obama lined up and it fell through. And then like we had Biden lined up and it fell through. And it's Look, like... It's just, we can cut this stuff out, but let's try to make the most of it and make it seem exciting. Baby Nation, you are not going to believe. We've been talking about this thing and that thing. And part of it is just to contain our excitement because we've been waiting for this next person to get into the studio and we didn't want to reveal anything too early. But now we can reveal, Baby Nation, that the person who is going to describe this novel for you is Academy Award winner Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep! <laughs> Meryl, thank you for you joining us. There, right? Is she Skyping in? No. Is she on Discord? <laughs> I don't think so. It's a gamer platform. Tanner, I don't know how this keeps happening. I'll do it. You'll do it. Baby Nation, Tanner's going to describe the book. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to blue balls you. What's the, what's the not gross way to say blue balls you? Um, normal balls, but haven't had sexual relations in some time but thought you were going to. Baby Nation, we're really sorry to normal balls, but haven't had <laughs> sexual relations in some time, even though you thought you were going to. <laughs> you. But it's Tanner. Tanner, I'm going to put 60 seconds on this big bad clock. During those 60 seconds, I would like for you to describe every single thing that happens in this novel entitled Christy plus Bart equals... Uh? Uh? Are you ready? Yes. I'd like for you to begin right now. Um, Let's see. Bart is in... Bart has caught smoochin' fever, and all he wants to do is smooch and hold on to Christy with his arms, and he does that a whole lot, 
And then Christy's like, hey, I'm not super into the smooching or the arm thing. And let's take it easy, bud. And he's like, okay, whatever you say. And then they keep smooching and doing all the stuff. And then Watson Brewer walks in on him, catches him smooching, even though there's a rule against smooching in the house. Christy gets grounded for a weekend. She has to stay in her room, like a prison sentence. And then she gets so mad at Bart that she breaks up with him. And meanwhile, uh, the kids are all setting Guinness Book World Records, except it's not the Guinness Book, it's the Christy Thomas Record Breakers book, and they're all dumb records, like um, like who can sing the longest and stuff like that. And then Christy and Bart decide to be friends and not lovers. Ugh. Time. <laughs> no, you did, you did a good job. Don't feel bad about that. You did a good job. No, I just, did... I hated saying lovers. Oh, Okay. They're not lovers. They're they were an advanced like. I think their relationship takes a step backwards in the course of this book, um, which I mean, is fine. Yes, it it depends. It it takes. It's a lateral. Like <sighs> Christy was not interested in having their relationship progress any further. So I wouldn't say it's a step backwards. She didn't want to do the smooch. All the smooching. She didn't want to do the smooching or the arm stuff. The arm stuff, I think, was troubling. I. For, Thinking about the arm stuff a little bit, and Baby Nation, if 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 you're into arm stuff, if like arm stuff is is, is fine. Like w- what works for you, then that's fine, and I don't want to like make anyone feel uncomfortable about something that's working for them in their relationship. But the arm stuff, I can get off doing arm stuff every now and then. I think for me personally, and this I don't is just love a- it, but I can get off doing arm stuff. Like for me, the arms stuff, as described in this book, like it's just it's not my thing. You know, like we're all different. We all have what what gets us going is is different. For me, the arms right. stuff, it's just like you know, like I like I like sm- I like smooching stuff. Like I'm like Bart. I like smooching and Frenching. Um, I've always liked smooching and Frenching. It's something Sarah and I have in common. We like to smooch. I feel and like to you're French. you're. S- you're making it seem like I'm weird. I'm not saying I'm into arm stuff. I'm not it's saying just like you're every weird. Every now and then, arm stuff does it for me. Well, here's how I would describe it, and tell me, tell me if this is wrong. Neither of us are weird. We both have different tastes. I like smooching and Frenching, and sometimes yeah. doing it. You like arm stuff, and that's what you're into. You're into arm stuff. I'm and not that into arm it. stuff. Okay, but I like well, it when I like doing arm stuff. Yeah. See, and I, and I don't. It's sorry, sorry, not... sorry. I, that's that's I'm misrepresenting myself. Yeah. I don't like doing arm stuff, but I'm okay with arm stuff, and it does um, get me where I need to go. Okay, good, right? Which is to uh, more arm stuff, right? Let's just yeah, be yeah, honest it about depends, it. You know, I'm going to describe some arm stuff for you, baby nation. So um, be warned, and I guess yeah, be warned if you Tanner. have kids in the room, kind of usher them yeah. out, or maybe now like, is the skip time. The next thirty seconds. Get those fucking kids out of the room right now. (laughs) We're going to talk about arm stuff. Here's one. uh, Here's one passage. We played a little while longer until it started becoming dark. Then we walked back toward our neighborhood together. Bart carried the bat in his right hand. He put his left arm around me. For some reason, I noticed his fingers dangling off my shoulders like a bunch of mini bananas. Uh Uh-oh, there it goes. (laughs) What a weird way to describe it. <laughs> I wanted to make a joke about them, but that would have been too rude. That's arm stuff. I've got a, I think I have another, let's see. He does some other arm stuff too. Yeah, he does a lot of, a lot of arm stuff. Bart is real into arm stuff. Okay, I've got some arm stuff that ends with Watson that I think is the key scene in the novel. Mm. So if you, shall I read the whole scene? It's a little long. 
Yeah, yeah. No, please do. Okay. I'm going to read this scene. It's a little bit of arm stuff, and it ends with Watson. By the commercial, Bart had shrunk. At least it looked that way. He was sitting in the middle of the sofa, right in the crack between the two seat cushions. His arm was around the back of the couch behind me, which seemed really awkward. Aren't you uncomfortable? I asked. A little, I guess. He slid out of the crack, closer to me. Now we were both sharing my little sofa cushion. That's better, Bart said. I took a sip from my soda glass. Bart slipped his arm off the sofa and around my shoulder. When I put the glass down, Bart's face was about an inch from mine. That's arm stuff and face stuff for those playing along at this home. Weird, this weird move where he, um, he goes in by just getting his face as physically close to another person's yeah. face as possible. Okay, so to continue... I glanced at the TV. Another commercial was blasting away. Bart's eyes were starting to close. I closed mine, too. We kissed to the music of weed wipeout lawn care products. Bart kind of cradled my face with his hands. That felt nice. And he wasn't bruising my face the way he did at the movie. His lips were cool and sweet from the soda. That little touch is all you need to know about who wrote this particular novel, by the way. Yeah. But I was beginning to... But I was beginning... Is that Savage Garden? <laughs> Who sings that song? Chick- Savage Garden. They sing that Chica Cola song? Ooh, I think it's Savage Ooh, Garden. Yada. Yeah. Let me look it up. Let me finish the passage. <laughs> Can I finish the passage while you're looking it you up? You finish the passage while I look it up. But I was beginning to run out of breath, so I pulled away. We both laughed a little, gulping for air. Now a car commercial was on. Boring. Kissing was much more fun. We started again. I hugged Bart, which turned my upper body towards his, so my neck didn't feel so strained. That's one of the problems with arm stuff, by the way, is your neck gets strained. My back, however, felt all twisted. That's another problem with arm stuff. Your back gets twisted. I swung my legs underneath me so I could turn all the way to the right. Oh, uh, mm. A voice by the door. Not mine. Not Bart's. Watson! My brain screamed. I snapped backward away from Bart. Watson was standing in the doorway, glaring with an expression I'd never seen before, as if he had just stumbled onto a murder scene with the killer still there. Arm stuff is dangerous, people. Don't get caught up in arm stuff because you lose yourself in it. You lose yourself in it. Because it's so intoxicating. Yeah. Much like Chicacherry Cola. By Savage Garden. By Savage Garden. <laughs> I got it right, didn't I? Good job, me. Um, ooh, I want you. Ooh, I died to find Okay, I didn't out. say sing it. I didn't say sing it. I fucking named I feel like if I name that tune, you don't sing that tune. Um, ooh, I died to find mm. out. No. That's a good song. I'm neutral on the topic. We've talked about arm stuff. We've talked about the puzzles. Have we talked about um, the ontological characteristic of being with others or being unto others as described by Heidegger in Being in Time? Now, I'm curious if you caught this passage. Anna nodded. Then she started reading again. I took a closer look at her book. The words, the infinite variety of music were printed across the top of the page. By Leonard Bernstein. Is that good? I asked. Bernstein. Mm, mm Mm-hmm. Anna glanced up briefly. Leonard Bernstein. Bernstein. so brilliant. Leonard Bernstein. Is it Bernstein? Yeah. It's like a famous it's lyric in a song R. A. M. I song. know you love. But it's a Bernstein in the lyric. 
That's how I'm remembering sure. it. Yeah. The other night I dreamt a nice cotton ale drift aside, mountain slid in a line. Leonard Bernstein, Leonid Brezhnev, Lenny Brooks, and Lester Frank, birthday party, cheesecake, jelly bean, boom. Oh, fucker. Fuck. Tanner is showing me. Fell right into my trap. Oh, Jack Shepard, I'll collect those. <laughs> I owe you I'll ten. I'll collect those $10, however you'd like to get them to me. Ten crisp dollars, because Tanner has just showed me something that he sent to me as a DM on Instagram about 20 minutes ago. That said, guarantee that Jack sings R.E.M. <laughs> and it was a little bit entrapment, but I don't feel bad about it. Like I had to lead you down the garden path a little bit, but once you were there, you were just you were ready to jump into to REM's end of the world as we know it. Oh boy! Because I know you know every lyric to that song. Yeah, of course I do. And I knew you would you would it would be impossible for you to resist showing off that knowledge. In fairness, I wasn't showing it off. I was just trying to help us get to the proper pronunciation of Leonard Bernstein. <laughs> I know, I know, and that was entrapment, but you know what? <sighs> I think that still counts. Wow. Uh, so, you know, you've got my Venmo name. It's just at Tanner-Ringerud, or just like... I'll send you whatever. I'll send you 10 bucks. All right, fine. Square cash, whatever. Wow. Okay, fine. Do you want to talk about... What do you want to talk about? What were you talking about, Heidegger? I was talking about... Oh, do you want to? I like I don't have too much to say about this, but it's one of the possible answers to the question of what Christie plus Bart equals, right? And in some ways, it's what's being explored in this book, which is the category of being, which is defined as being with others or being unto others, or in Heidegger's terminology, mit Dasein, what it means to be in relation to other people. How are we as beings as we relate to other people? And that's what's the question. Like Christie, we know what Christie is. We know what Bart is. What is Christie plus Bart equal? And one of the problems of being with others once you encounter another is that you are in danger of being inauthentic. Um, you are in danger of becoming what Heidegger calls the they self or das man. Uh, which is an inauthentic mode of existence in which someone does something because it's what other people do. And I think what this book is about in many ways is Christie rejecting that, right? What other people would do in this novel is arm stuff. But Christie's okay. not into it. I tuned out for most of that until you said arm stuff, and now I'm back in. Okay. Now, what was the context? What I'm saying is that what this novel is arguing, what Pete Larangis and Anna Martin are arguing, is that the way for Christie to express her authentic self and to be both unto herself and to others in an authentic way is to not do the arm stuff, right? To reject the arm stuff. Like what Stacy would do, what Brew Doggy would do, what Abby says Christy should do is all about like, oh, yeah, get down with that, right? Like let him put his arm around you, do the smooching, do the Frenching. And Christy right. is saying – Christy realizes that in order to move forward in terms of how she is unto Bart in a realistic way, in a way that is authentic to who she is – it's not doing that. It's pulling back from that. Maybe it, Christie's just not in the arm stuff. Apparently, well, who some people be? aren't. You said you're not. I'm not that into it. Maybe Christie is like you, and she's more of like a foot person. <laughs> I've never said that. I'm like a smooch. She's like in, way into feet. I'm a smooch like man. I'm a smooch man. 
Look, I don't know what Chrissy's into, but she's not into Bart. Not in that way. That's one of the answers. No, 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 no. Right. Yeah, and that's kind of where the book ends up. Baby Nation is is Christy. She gets grounded. She's angry at Bart. She breaks up with him and says, "We are not uh, girlfriend boyfriend. Leave me alone." And then has all these like conflicted feelings and and realizes that she doesn't hate Bart, but she also doesn't. After this, after this week of being apart, she realizes that she doesn't L-U-V. love Bart, right? But she also doesn't necessarily advance like him either. Right. She just wants to be. Maybe they're just baseball friends. Maybe they're just baseball friends. That's a thing. That's a category. That's a category of being. Right. And Bart and Bart like starts casting his wild arms elsewhere. Yeah. He finds some girl at Stony Brook Day School who. Yeah. She's way into arms. She loves it. Well, and it's not. I think it's not an accident that both of these people are baseball players, right? And both of them have great arms. Christy and Bart. Right. They both right. have great arms. You have to if you're a baseball player. But I assume on- so. only one of them want- wants to use those arms to take it to the next base. Wow. Apt metaphor. Yeah. And it's not Christy. It's not Christy. It's Christy's, Bart. She's interested in other things. She's interested in other things. Not Bart Bashir. It's not Sorry, Bart, Bashir. Bart Bashir. Tanner, we must and we absolutely have to talk about dolls. Okay. I was going to I was going to do something else, but no. you've, you've piqued my interest. You've got to be fucking kidding me if you didn't catch this. I'll be honest. I don't even look for it anymore. Here is a thing that, Baby Nation, I don't even know, how to, frankly, how to talk to you if you don't know that the town of Stony Brook is being beset on all sides by a nightmarish plague of sentient dolls. Right, amongst other things, but yes. Amongst other things. So I'm not going to talk to you as if you don't know that. Just fucking try to know it. And if you don't know it, go back and listen to some earlier episodes. Fucking casuals. You fucking casuals. But it is possible that if you're not a casual, you may have missed the important secret that we uncovered a few episodes ago about how to fight back against these dolls. And Tanner... Let me read you this passage apropos. It's in the the fucking outro. How could they miss it? Drown your dolls. I don't know. Apropos of that, let me read you this passage. This is Stacy talking to Mallory. Your mom and dad have an emergency PTO meeting Saturday and need you and one of us to sit, Stacy told Mallory. Also, she wants you to borrow the toilet plunger from the Kishis. Claire flushed some doll accessories. It's spreading. The kids know, right? The kids are, Claire is drowning the fucking dolls. Here is my concern, and I think it's legitimate, and I need to talk through this with someone. Okay. Claire isn't flushing dolls. She's flushing doll accessories. Right. Because she's already flushed the doll. She's already flushed like, the fucking doll. Like a, um, like a Tutankhamun sort of prince of Egypt wants to send the doll into the watery afterlife with right. some of her most favored possessions. Yes. Which makes me worry that Claire isn't fully invested in eradicating the doll threat. Okay, that's... Like she's she, she's expecting these dolls to come back as some kind of, like, doll liches. Well, that's fucking terrifying. And maybe that is what the um, BSC Friends Forever series is about, which I just learned about. The doll liches? I assume, right? There's apparently a series of books called the BSC Friends Forever. 
that's like about these girls after they graduate or like when they're graduating or after. They're oh, oh, oh. so everyone is a lich in that. Right. And so maybe this is if setting that up. Right. Where it's like, so presumably right, right, by right. the Anne end and, of this. Anne and Pete are just establishing lore here. They're like, right. yes, we've cracked the code. Yes, we know how to bring back the soul eternal in the form of liches. Right. It started with dolls. Yeah. Then you, but if you bury them with their, if you kill them, but you kill them with their accessories, right? Then it's dolls forever. They have something of this physical world to like attach to, right? And that's all. That's that's all it takes for them to come back. That's possible. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I liked the fact that Pete, Sweet Pete, and we should talk about Sweet Pete after this. But I like the fact that Sweet Pete did a little nod to the the drowning of dolls. In this book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like in the background. It's like it's a subtle thing they're talking about, like figuring out who's babysitting for whom. And it seems like Claire is working on drowning a doll. Because of pike hijinks and random baby goats. (laughs) Finally, I can see it crystal clear. I know who wrote this book from this passage here. This week we have it all. (laughs) Because we read Sweet Pete. He writes sick burns inside of his books. And makes ballers. And makes ballers of the week. <laughs> Rolling in Sweet Pete. Rolling in Sweet Pete. That was from <laughs> Baby B. Kristen at at K Gandenberger. K underscore Gandenberger. Um, thank you for that submission. And what that submission signals is that we are about to enter into a segment called Lorangus Moment, which is the moment in which Tanner and I describe the moment where we realize that this book could only have been written by the greatest BSC ghostwriter, sweet Peter Lorangus. Swimming in a sweet sea of sweet, sweet Pete, nipple deep. Nipple deep in a sweet, sweet sea of sweet Pete, sweet, sweet treats this week. Sweet sleep Pete. The sweet sleep of sweet Pete. Sweet Pete, sleep, sleep, weep, beep, 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 beep. Tanner, do you want me to start or do you want to start? Now, I'm convinced that there was one very pure sweet Pete moment, and I always take it, and you're always like, that was mine. Ah!" So I'm going to let you have it this week. Okay, great. Gracious and selfless. I I will agree with you in interest of brevity. I have one moment that really stands out for me as being the moment where the richness of Pete's imagination and his evocative prose stood out and put me right there in the very moment. Made me feel like I was living in that room, in that house arrest that Christy was under. And I would like to read for you the passage. You can enjoy the prose and you can also enjoy how the characters jump off the page. Mm -hmm. Boiling in oil. Hanging by the toes. The rack. Being force-fed steamed lima beans. Each torture method had the same basic flaw. It was too kind to Bart. I hadn't asked for any of this to happen. Bart was the reason for my prison sentence. Bart had ruined my family life. 
Boy, did my room look small and dark, tiny. As I lay there gazing at the four walls, they seemed to be crowding in. I thought about my activities for the upcoming weekend, reading, thinking, reaching for the phone, maybe taking a walk to my closet every once in a while, jogging to the bathroom. What fun. I would emerge on Monday shriveled and pale, blinking in the unfamiliar sunlight, baffled by the outside world. Like E.T., E.T.T., extraterrestrial Thomas. And what about Saturday's tournament? Abby would have to take down the records all by herself. Ugh! Then I had an even worse thought. What if she had some strange allergic reaction? Sunday's headlines would read, Neighborhood babysitting entrepreneur embroiled in kissing scandal, implicated in friend's critical collapse. The last image I remember before fading into sleep was of Bart, dressed in turn-of-the-century clothes, tied to a train trestle while an approaching steam engine smoked in the distance, chugging ever closer. That read like beat poetry. Yeah. It sounds like, like how. If you had, if you had like had like slightly more staccato rhythm. Yeah. And we had put some like like a soft hi-hat beat underneath it, that would just C- be beat poetry. Can we maybe have done that and just say that I was reading the first yeah. few stanzas of Howl? <laughs> <laughs> They won't know. Yeah. Baby Nation won't know. Baby Nation, that was actually the first few stanzas of that Howl by first, Allen um, Ginsberg. Yeah, that was Allen Ginsberg's Howl. Yeah, and that was some cool jazzy music underneath it to emphasize that. So I guess uh, I just didn't have a I didn't Laurentius have a, I actually didn't have a Laurentius moment this week. I just really, really wanted to read the first few stanzas of Howl <laughs> by Allen Ginsberg. Boiling in oil. <laughs> Hung up by his toes. Force-fed lima beans. Um, what was your sweet Pete Laurentius moment, Tanner? <clears throat> I knew an old lady who swallowed a crocodile, Ooh. sang Andrew in his bedroom. With a great big smile, she swallowed the crocodile, answered David Michael in his <laughs> bedroom. From her room, Karen chimed in. She swallowed the crocodile to catch the yak. She swallowed the yak to catch the platypus. No, Andrew shouted. New, no news is good news, David Michael called out. They all howled at David Michael's joke. I could even hear Emily Michelle giggling. This being an audio medium, Baby Nation, when Tanner said no, he meant gnu. 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 Yeah. New GNU. And when David Michael said, no news is good news, he said, no GNUs are good. No GNUs is good GNUs. Right. Which is fucking brilliant. It's a very clever play on words and very good beat poetry. Yeah. I call it. So obviously, like, um, I think Sweet Pete was tapping into his Ginsburg. Yeah. I call it phase. Pete poetry. Beat, beat poetry. Pete poetry. It's like the Pete, Pete poetry. Mo- the Pete movement. Can you imagine? Baby Nation, those were the moments in which we realized that this book could only those have were the been Pete poetry moments by Sweet Peter Larangius. Did you see? Oh, speaking of equations, did yeah. you catch this equation from from Christie in um, chapter nine? The she's got the, kind of she's got a little Bart bit of equation. equation? It's B A R T. Yeah, with a line, and it says B A R N. Yep. Line B O R N line B O O N line G O O N. Right. I so I I saw this. 
I have this under my section about puzzles, which is essentially this book is like puzzles wrapped inside puzzles, wrapped inside enigmas, wrapped inside riddles. Mystery box. And this section happens around the same time as the section that I was describing in my Laurentius moment where Christy is uh, working through her anger towards Bart for having um, engaged in arm play right around the time that... In front of her parents. Watson Brewer comes home, causing her to become grounded. Um, But she writes this koan, this um, meditative piece of text that I don't totally understand. It says B-A-R-T, and then the next one says, you've just said this, B-A-R-N. It says Bart, Barn, Born, Boon, Goon. Uh, And then she later writes Bart, Bark, Dark, Dork. Right. It seems like she can remove a step from the equation to get to a suckification even faster. Bart, Bark, Dark, Dork. Right. Now, I I can get to a suckification of Jack in three steps. No, you can't. Do they have to be actual words? Yes. Oh, because I can get to I can get Jack from Jack to jerk pretty quickly. Yeah, anyone can without use. It has to be actual words. That's why. Jack, Jack, jerk. No. Jack, Jack. No. Jerk. The, I think that's what's more interesting than whatever it is that you think you can do, and what you will find that you are unable to do, is some of the steps that Christy takes along the way. Bart goes to dark, right? She's Maybe literally bulk. Like I bulk at that. B A L K. Okay, I can get to its suckification of Jack in one, two, three steps. Okay, fine. Let's hear it. Jack back bulk ball, like a testicle. But what if it's like a, a basketball? It's not. It's like a testicle. Okay, fine. I'll accept it. <laughs> Jack back bulk ball. That's great. It starts with Jack back. Birds and snakes and bulk balls. <laughs> Lenny Bruce is not afraid. Tanner, <laughs> she goes from Bart to Dark. First she goes to Bart from Bart to Born. And then she goes from Bart to Dark. It worries me because we know that the boys, the Logans and the brew doggies of this world who try to infiltrate the babysitters club always go to the dark. First they are born, and then they go to the dark. I think it's not insignificant that Christie has written out this progression for Bart. From Bart to born, later to goon, but it's significant that she hits born on the way, and then later she writes from Bart, Bart, B-A-R-T, B-A-R-K, D-A-R-K, and then D-O-R-K. But should we not focus on the D-A-R-K as much as we focus on D-O-R-K? I'm worried about what might happen in Marianne's barn now, though, too, though. Yeah. Because it's barn to born. It's like, what is going to happen? What what will be born in the barn? What's going to be born in the barn? It'll be a boon. To, to whom? To whom? A goon. It starts with the barn, born, boon. To the Boons goons. and goons and earthquakes. Barton Bark is, is not, not afraid. afraid. <laughs> I have a segment that I don't think I've ever introduced before, but I'm excited to now. <laughs> okay. It goes like this. <gasps> Claudia's closet. That's not fair. You're supposed to ask me who's knocking on the door, and I'm supposed to harass you. 
Oh, see, I does, I've never introduced it before. Yeah, so I think I the way the rules, the way it's supposed yeah, to Jack, go is you say, "Who's wait, that knocking sorry. the door?" Yeah, not to interrupt you. Would you? What's that sound? What is something happening? Do you want to stop the record? I thought I heard a knock. I thought I heard something in your over the. Mm. No, I don't hear is anything. There someone knocking on the door. Oh my god! No, it's what President Barack Obama. Wait, where? Here? Where? Here? I think there is. Is I heard a knock. Yeah. Um. Shall I? Let you think it's here. Oh, sorry, I'm mistaken. It's just. Claudia's closet. Oh, I'm Claudia wore bowling shirt with the name Ralph sewn over the front pocket and matching loose rayon pants gathered at the waist with a leather strip. She'd pinned her hair with a beret in the shape of two bowling pins. Mrs. Prezioso greeted her with a weird expression at the front door. Are you in a league? She asked. <laughs> at first, Claudia didn't know what she was talking about. Uh, what? Oh, my clothes. No, it's just, you know, a look. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Mrs. P said with a tone of voice she might have used if Claude was wearing a cheese jumpsuit. <laughs> How retro. Yeah. <laughs> So Claudia's wearing leggings and a bowling, a man's bowling. She's wearing shirt. A, a men's bowling uniform. That says, "Mrs. Prezio loved it. She loved it. I think it's cool. I feel like it's it's very. I feel like it's a sign of the times that this book was written. We're we're getting into that late '90s craze around sort of like lounge era '60s." You know, like right. swingers had probably just come out in movie theaters. Like everyone was getting into ska, the ska movement. Right. Like everyone was th- saying 23 skidoo, shit like that. The cherry pop and daddies were just like right in the national consciousness. What about, oh fuck, I forgot the name of the fucking band. Squirrel Nut Zippers. Yeah. <laughs> what were the Squirrel Nut Zippers up to during this time? They were still fairly underground. They were probably playing cool little like clubs in places like Austin, and people were like swing dancing. Just a v- like a very few people were swing dancing, and everyone else was like, "Oh, that's cool. That seems great. Um, we're gonna do that now." Well, and I also have a memory of going to thrift stores, and every thrift store had a bowling shirt with someone's name on it. But it's interesting that Claudia this week should have chosen to represent Ralph Waldo Emerson. Oh, okay. You think Honor. so? Well, what, what, what Ralph do you think it is? I guess I think it's Ra- Ralph Waldo Emerson as well. I didn't so, think about it very much before now, but like now... Like in terms of famous obvious. Ralphs, I think that may be the only one. Okay, what, what makes you think... What about this passage makes you think... Is it the cheese jumpsuit? Did I don't know, man. A lot of those? Transcendentalism? <laughs> That's all I got. Uh, Walden's Pond. Oh, the, he was a yeah. transcendentalist, right? Yeah, weren't they all? Yeah, contemporaries. Yeah, there's something happening here, Mrs. Prezio, and Mrs. Prezioso doesn't have fucking time to explore it because she's busy. Where are they going out to? It's not a boys' basketball game. I think it might be. Let's just say it is, because I don't oh. know. Let's say it is for his fucking sake. Tanner, let me ask you a quick question. Do it. Do the dang thing, man. Let's hear it. Well, it's a, it's kind of a personal question. Oh, okay. Are you ready I for that? I think it's fine 
Yeah, yeah. I think it's fine to be into feet, man. I don't think you should be ashamed of it. Like that's not the fucking thing. Stop trying to make that be a thing. Um, Jack, it's not weird to be into feet. A lot of people are into feet. A lot of people are into arms. I know. And I just don't think you should be. I don't think you should be hiding your shame, man. It's like it's not. It's not even shame. Sorry, that was that was misworded. You shouldn't be ashamed to be into feet. And I'm not. And also, I'm not. And also, I would like to ask someone who is into arms a question. I would like to ask you a question, and it is the following That's not question. Here. Tanner, I would like to ask you a question about whether you had a burn of the week, and the way I'm going to do it is to say, did you have this week a... Quiet. Yeah. Okay. Hit me. I've got a few. <clears throat> then, of course, I had to face Sunday. <laughs> I do believe it was the absolute worst day of my life. The pits. I ran out of books to read, so I made up songs, usually with lyrics along the lines of, Row, row, row your boat roughly o'er Bart's head. Merrily, 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 look out, Bart, you're dead. <laughs> it's funny because it's about murder. It's funny, yeah. It's about nautical murder. <laughs> it's a funny would, burn like, because it be... is about the nautical murder of a young boy who has done nothing but give back to the community by teaching children to play baseball. But wouldn't it be right. funny if he were nautically murdered? Wouldn't it be funny if he drowned? That's what. Just sorry, because just let me make sure I understand why you think this is a really funny good burn of the week. What's funny and good about it is that wouldn't it be funny if that boy drowned? Is that what you're I guess saying? I didn't. I guess I didn't think about it. But I guess what's funny about it is the drowning murder of a of boy. Yeah. So, like, a lot of where the humor comes from, and just, like, we're both, you know, we both do comedy, and we we think about what makes people laugh, and I just want to kind of pick right. this apart, because I, I, I don't have any concerns about it, but I just want to pick this apart together and make sure that we're on the same page. What you're saying is what's super funny about this funny burn this one. Right, right, is right. that it's about the, the drowning murder and death of a, of a small boy. Like a boy. Yeah, yeah, like a teenage boy. He's like a bo- a teen boy, an like arm a- pervert. Yeah, and he drowns in your yeah in your comedy. No one said burns have to be funny, Jack. No, okay, okay. They just have to be burns. Yeah, <laughs> and I okay. think threatening nautical murder on <laughs> qualifies. That's a burn. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Well, Did you have a better one? I hope you die in a cruise. Wow, Jack, I'm your very good friend. <laughs> Um, I hope you never die. Okay. Look who's like. Look who looks like the villain now. <laughs> Here's my burn, and it is an epic and beautifully crafted prank moment by the great David Michael. Love prank moments, and it goes as follows. It's right after um, Christie has dumped Bart for being a little bit too armsy mm-hmm. and also gotten in trouble from her parents for same. Uh, and she's feeling bad about it. 
and she's waiting for a phone call. She's ho- she's desperately hoping that Bart will call her back so she can make it right here. The phone rang. Christy, David Michael shouted from downstairs. It's your boyfriend. My heart stopped. I felt as if a large prehistoric reptile had sat on my chest. I ran to the door, flung it open, and whispered down the stairs, Tell him I'm not home! He knows you are, David Michael replied. He says he loves you and wants to take you out and kiss you and buy you flowers. What? Oh, this was low. I mean, apologizing is one thing, but giving me the silent treatment for a whole week, then calling out of the blue and saying all those private things to my seven-year-old brother? Despicable. I ran back into my room. I could hear David Michael scampering upstairs. Before picking up the phone, I stopped. I pictured Bart on the other end, looking all scrunch-eyed at his phone, missing me, feeling sorry, wanting to take me out and buy me flowers, wanting it so badly that he couldn't keep his mouth shut to David Michael. Typical Bart, I thought, exactly the way he was at the movie theater and at my house on Friday night, wanting so much to go from sort of boyfriend to boyfriend with a capital B, but not knowing how to ask, or even realizing he should ask. Maybe he wanted to ask now. I sighed. It could be worse. He could be calling up to yell at me, hang up on me the way I'd hung up on him. I would listen, let him speak, at least hear him out. I grabbed the receiver. Okay, talk fast. Uh, excuse me? Hello? It was a totally unfamiliar female voice. Uh, that's just my little sister, Charlie's voice cut in. Hang up, dork face. Uh, okay, I mumbled. Sorry. David Michael had lied. Sarah had called to talk to Charlie. (laughs) (laughs) And it was White House press secretary under Donald Trump, Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Get in here, Sarah. (laughs) (laughs) Great nation, good, great news. (laughs) Yeah, very fun news. Very fun Um, news. We have White House press secretary Sarah Huckabee Sanders on the show. She's here to talk to. She's got. She came to. Did she come she came to with you? a lot of denials. Yeah, <laughs> she she wants everything that we've said. Everything is fake. Yeah, and she's gonna explain. She's gonna. She's gonna explain it. <laughs> anyway, I thought that was funny. I thought it was good. Uh, I I Jack I yeah would love to get the fuck out of here. Out of where this situation we're in what is it like our what being in a, a state of advanced like yeah what do you want you want to go backwards I need, I need something more from you jack <laughs> i don't know how i can help you um well one thing we learned from this book is it doesn't help to talk about it yeah no don't talk about your relationships problems baby nation yeah no matter how bad they seem no matter how into feet or arm or whatever stuff your partner is and you are not yeah. Do not address it. Do not address it. Do not talk about it. It'll all work out in the end. Baby Nation, That's thank a terrible you. message. No, fuck that. <laughs> we can't end on that. That's awful. <laughs> I'm British. That's how my people do it. <laughs> Don't do that, Baby Nation. Bring up if you're ever uncomfortable in a romantic <laughs> situation. That's what Anne was trying to tell us this week, and we're going to go ahead and, and uh, support Anne's decision on this one. I don't know. She said happy reading with a comma this week and not an exclamation point. Happy reading. Happy reading. Hey, her happy reading section, I'll just paraphrase it. I don't have it in front of me. Who knows what Christy and Bart equal, but I know that Christy and Bart are over. Happy reading. Happy reading.
Some of you will feel pressured into doing kissing. Just don't do it. Happy just reading. don't do don't do kissing. Don't do smooching. Don't do Frenching. If you want to do Frenching, do Frenching. If you don't want to do Frenching, don't do Frenching. If you want to do arm stuff, do the arm stuff. If you don't want to do the arm stuff, for the love of God, don't do if the fucking arm the baby stuff. the club, club podcast, you're into foot stuff like Jack Shepard, fine. Just do it. If you're not, don't do it. If you want to smooch, smooch. Feet like Jack Shepard. Just do sm- it. You want to smooch the feet? Just smooch the fucking feet. Just do it. As long as the feet are into it. Happy I'm reading. I'm not here to kink shame. Happy reading. Happy Anna reading. Martin. Anne Matthews Martin. First of her name, last of her kind, last hope for humankind. Baby Nation, thank you so much for listening. Tanner, thank you for being here. Baby Nation, thank you for all your wonderful and lovely reviews on iTunes. We just passed a thousand reviews on iTunes. Isn't that nice? All I- positive. 996 of those reviews are positive and those are the ones we read those are the ones we like if you haven't left one please take a moment to do so it helps us to rise in the rankings and get discovered by other people who would maybe like to listen to our podcast tanner tell them to recommend this podcast to a friend just do it baby nation (laughs) in an enthusiastic and encouraging way just do it baby nation (laughs) thank you tanner baby nation this week we read a book that was called Christy plus Bart equals. Huh? Uh? Next week, we're going to be. Oh, fuck. Tanner, we got to talk about this. Baby Nation, we are concerned that based on the appearance of a character known as Drusilla Destiny six books ago in the novel Next Christy's Dirty the... Diapers, that much like in the Reckoning. film. The Ring? In yeah. the Have you seen the movie The Ring? No, but I know the plot. She flees to the woods in an attempt to outrun this video geist. Right. And it doesn't help, man. The video geist still finds There's her. There's no way of getting away from it. So here's what we know. Here's what we think. Uh, there's a character called Drusilla Destiny who exists in a liminal space between our world and the world of these books. As described in the novel, I believe, Christy and the Dirty Diapers, we believe that anybody who has either listened to the discovery of that being, of that entity, uh, whether it is us, Jack Shepard and Tanner Greenring, or you, the Baby Nation, seven books from the book where she was discovered, we will have to reckon with her. That book. My only hope is that we, the, the, ceremony to dispel this demon right will be uncovered in the next book before it's too late right and i think it might have something to do with this ritual of of lighting of candles mitzvah. yeah so there's a bat mitzvah which we believe and we could be wrong and please do correct us if we're wrong is um to do with bats um but there is a picture on the front of the upcoming novel painted by Hodges swallow of the two women holding a candle together, and we believe that that may be has something to do with it. Something anyway. Whatever the next novel is called, Abby's Lucky Thirteen. Okay, and I'm ready. I, my affairs are in order. Uh, so get your affairs in order. Um, we're gonna do our best to protect you and to protect us. From whatever may be coming, but do get your affairs in order. We're also looking if you forward don't to have it. A will, yeah, pull yeah. Together. Write your will. We're looking forward to it. It's an Abby book. We like Abby. Um, it Love Abby, fun. and she it doesn't get fun. enough. She doesn't get enough attention in these books. Yeah, this should be a good one if all goes well. But in the meantime, 
Write your will, baby nation. Round off the corners in your bedroom. Like Claire this week, drown all your dolls. Uh, do call your senator and demand your right to bear time. And don't forget to let daddy love you as much as I do. Am I am I being detained, Jack? No, you are not being detained. I am a sovereign citizen. Am I being detained? I'm telling you that you're not being detained. May I ask you a question? Yeah. What's in the box? <laughs> you're free to go. Claudia's wearing a bra now. And the way she talks... You would think that boys had just been invented. (coughs) Goodbye, my lover. Goodbye, my friend. You have been the one, you have been the one for me. Goodbye, my lover, goodbye, my friend. You have been the one, you have been the one for me. That was a HeadGum Podcast.